M-M-A. It's in the cage. And welcome to another edition of MMA in the Cage, your pound-for-pound best source for mixed martial arts coverage in the podcast world. My name, as usual, Estevan McCarthy, and with me as always, Ryan Jenkins. Ryan, lay it on me, man. How's your week been going? It's been going just dandy, and it's been like a it's been like a hangover week for me here. It has absolutely been a hangover week. We had quite the weekend. It was uh, it was an enjoyable time. I, I um, thought so. Very, very innocent. <laughs> Tron in 3D was awesome. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I am getting married here shortly, and we had my bachelor's party. And I have to say, Ryan, you know, it I, it was in, in, innocent because I really can't remember a large chunk of the night. And the parts that I do remember, it was fine. So that's that's a good thing. That's 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 my memory of it as well. The uh, <laughs> it's it's a little splotchy. Like I remember like. Like three seconds here and five seconds there. It's, exactly. Uh, that, that, that's about it. But. I remember the abrupt moments of the night. If, if, if <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember it starting and I remember it ending. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's about it. So, yep. But uh, yep. it was fun though. I mean, I was it was good to be back in Texas. I hadn't seen all my friends in one spot in God knows how long, and yeah, it was it was a good time. Yeah, it was. And it was. thank, and I want to thank you on the air for you putting that all together, man. I had a great time, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely, I am the fucking man. Yeah, if you guys want to hire Ryan, if you if you want to know more about what we're talking about, get in touch with him because he knows how to throw a fucking bachelor party, and you know how to get fucking cheap friends to pay up. So that's good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> that that was the hardest part of it all, and you you came through with flying colors. Yep. You know, all of them, ex- all of them except for one. So, are you serious? Oh man, we'll have to talk about that off air, and I'll, I'll get, I'll get back to you on that one. It, it's all good. So, uh, I'm coming to live, Ryan, from Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, it's spelled with an S and an I. You know, Des Moines. I don't know how it's, I don't know why it's called that, but uh, this city is, um, how do you say, Cracker Central? I'm not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Not you're in, you're you're in the Midwest, dude. So dude, I know, um, man. I just it's it's so I don't know. Everyone here is just they're just they look dead. They look dead and pale, and I can't I can't handle it much longer. Well, that's you know that's just people that were making their way to the West Coast, and they just gave up, and they give up on themselves, and you know that's generations now. That's what you're looking. It's just people that have given up. I like that so. view. I like that view. You know, just they're just generations of losers who couldn't make it. <laughs> I didn't say they were losers. I just said they've given up. Oh no, they're a loser. If you can't if you can't follow through, man, you're a loser. You know, winners. There's there is no way I'm isolating all of the. Midwest of America by <laughs> calling them all blanket losers. Dude, I, I I'm waiting for the day where we have just eliminated like all but like three states off of our list of just making fun of and losing them as fans. <laughs> because I mean, I'm just making my way. I'm just making my way. I guess east from Japan. We're starting in China. Then we went to Japan. Then we went to California. Now we're in the Midwest, man. 
Well, you know, there's also people that have unfortunately been transplanted to the Midwest that uh, shouldn't be offended. Um, and that goes for all the other places. So I, I still expect uh, kind of a, a, you know, diverse, uh, um, you know, listening group from all all, Amer- all of America, I guess. Yeah, but I, think, but I think they know the implants, they know who they are. And so they're like, oh, I'm just talking about all these other fuckers around here, but not me. Yes. Okay. There we go. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> Ryan, what you got for me this week, man? You know, I saw some pretty exciting news. Um, it was on Entertainment Weekly. Um, as you know, um, Arnie is no longer the governor out in California. I actually did not is, know that. But he is looking now to get back into acting, and we are looking at um, Terminator 5 coming up. Wow. I can dig the shit out of that. Great series. I actually have liked the last couple of ones that have that have come out. Um, and just huge Arnold fan. He was, you know, a hero while I was growing up. Um, You've said before but, uh, you think uh, any Arnold's movies is the uh, the pinnacle of American cinematography. I, that that's just eighties action movies in general is my my stance there. So, but uh, yeah, Arnold would be the one leading the charge for sure. So you got Arnold and Bruce Bruce Willis and and uh, Stallone. Um, what about Jason and, Statham? A little bit younger, but uh, still brings it. Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, and he's and he, he's into MMA, he's into MMA as well. So, so uh, anyone out yeah, of the Expendables for the most part, you're down with. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, th- there you go. The whole, that whole cast was money, and they're remaking that. They're doing a like, not remaking that. They're doing a, a sequel to it here. Um, I still have, which is, you know, I still haven't even seen the first one, man. I know I need to. I need to get in there and do that. But like all the all the movies that even have Randy Couture in it or any MMA people in general, I just won't watch. I don't know why. I just haven't gotten. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been uh, you know flipping through uh, Netflix, and I'll get to a movie where like. You know, Quentin Jackson will be on there, and it's some cage fighting movie. There is no way I could bear to watch shit like that. I've seen, uh, I saw a YouTube video a while back, and it was some movie that had uh, Tim Sylvia and Chuck and um, a couple other guys, and they're in like prison. And there's like a shower scene that's got like Tim Sylvia and Chuck in there, and they're you know picking picking on some dude. And I, it was so fucking horrible. That's um, weird. Which is. You know, which it was actually shocking seeing that video that uh, the UFC released here uh, a couple days ago, where you know where it's got Chuck as putting together this weekend's UFC card, uh, which was actually pretty entertaining. He was a hell of a lot better in that video than he was in you know that little B movie that he came out with. All right, the only the only MMA fighter I want to see in the shower scene is Gina Carano, and until that gets released, I don't know if I'm ever going to tune into it. Speaking yeah, of Gina Carano. Speaking of Gina Carano, dude, okay, so I was actually talking, you know, I don't know why, but I, I do have a little bit of a fetish with her. I'm sorry. But I was talking, to, I was I was showing her off to some people who didn't know who she was, trying to t- trying to convince them that she's the most gorgeous chick alive right now. And they, okay. they said, like, they can't get into her because she could kick their ass. Do you do you have these ego issues like with chicks that are like that are like tall or do or like you know they make more money than you or anything like that? Do you do you, do you bridge into that area, Ryan? I don't know. I've, I've never been with a chick that's made more money than me, so 
I, I can't say on that regard. I don't think I'd have a problem with it. I don't. I wouldn't have a problem at all with having a sugar mama if that's going to be the case. She's going to be the one bringing home the bacon. I'll, I'm all for it. Shit, I'll go and play golf all day and not do shit, and you know, let her work. I'm cool with that. Okay. Well, what um, about so that's, that? That wouldn't be intimidating to me as far as someone that's like you know physically that much larger than me. If there's a chick that's really that much bigger than me, then yeah, I, I probably would be intimidated because she would be more mannish than me. And you know, if if she's above you know six six foot three and above two hundred pounds, then yeah, that might not be something that I'd be okay. You know, would be into. Okay, let's let's say that she is six foot. Okay, G, let's just say let's just use Gina Carano. Let's say it's a six foot Gina Carano. That fight that fights at on fight night at 185. So uh, you know the, the the weight varies in between there. What do you what do you think of that? Is that is that too much for you? You can't get it down with that. And that you know, and that she could kick my ass. I'm totally okay with that. You're okay, okay. That's what that's really what I'm asking. Cause like I was actually talking to a guy with, from Georgia about this. He's like, dude, I just can't get into girls that like you know they can kick my ass. I don't. I just can't get down. I like the little petite girls. I don't, I don't, I never, I never had a hang up with that. I mean, like big tits and, you know, big asses is kind of what I'm into. So I, I've got no problem with, you know, somebody that knows how to defend themselves or know how to fight. That's, uh, it's kind of a cool skill. Um, so yeah, that's not intimidating at all. I think that'd be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. And then this week also, when I was actually giving you a call to, uh, kind of confirm some of the plans that we had for the weekend, I accidentally called the wrong number. Like, cause I was dialing it and I called the wrong number. And I got this guy in Texas, and he's like, he, he he answered as I don't know, like it was you know some shop, and I was like, oh I'm sorry, I had the wrong number. He's like, well well, who are you looking for? I'm like, I'm looking for Ryan. I'm like, I don't know why I fucking stood on the phone. He's like, well <laughs> he's like, well I just want to let you know that uh, I want you to be aware that there is Wi-Fi signals in our schools that is hurting our children. I was like, really? He's like, yes, it is in the air, and the government is allowing it, and it is going to kill us one I let him go on a 10-minute fucking rant about how the Wi-Fi in the air is going to eventually kill our children, and I would, I fucking loved it. You should do that more often, man. Just call a random number and just see I'm, what they have to say? No, oh yeah. Well, not what, are your, just, what, just, what are your thoughts about Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he just fuck, like I mean, he just started ranting out of nowhere. He's like, and you, you need to write your congressman about this because this affects you, too. Like wow, Jesus! How fucking old timer are you? Write your goddamn congressman. Nobody does that. Nobody's done that in thirty years. I actually, I wrote, I wrote my congressman email last year. Actually, I know he never read it, but I got a fucking generic goddamn uh, email back like three days later too. Because like they ask you when you go do it, they ask you like what what are you emailing him about, and you have like a list of like twenty things, and it wasn't one of those twenty things. So I had to like just choose like a. the one closest to it. And then uh, like three days later, I get an email back and it's about that thing that I chose and it's a retort on his, uh, on his stance on it. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. The way to do it though, is if you really want to actually make an effect on them, you got to clog up the, uh, the phone lines. Cause that actually gets work done with, uh, if you, if, if there's an issue that comes up clogging the phone, better that th- throw like a Molotov cocktail through his office window. Right. Right. We can so. never, we can never, you know, that's always an option, Ryan, with some yes, people. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, Jesus. <laughs> Ryan, what, what the fuck do we got? Left? I, I don't even know, man. Let's just talk some MMA here. What we got next after the break? <laughs> uh, you, you already want to get into MMA? There was what, 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 what else you got? What else you there got? Some, there were some 
something real cool that uh, uh, that was actually developed by some researchers in uh, Sydney this week. Um, they developed this thing called graphene paper, and it's a um, it's a material that, when compared to steel, is six times lighter, uh, five to six times lower density, two times harder, and it's got ten times the tensile strength and thirteen times uh, higher bending rigidity. Which I'm not sure exactly what that is, other than I guess when it bends. It's 13 times stronger than what steel is when it's bent. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so I you're, you're looking at something that, uh, and this is something that can be, uh, produced. Uh, it's supposed to be, you know, cost effective to make it as far as, you know, something that could actually be a replacement for, for steel. And it would allow, you know, really ultralight aircraft and vehicles. Um, it's kind of the initial thought behind it. Uh, but I mean, it could be applied to to so many different, um, you know, so, so many different applications. I mean, you could go from, you know, like uh, replacing like Kevlar vests um, because it's that it's that light, um, and it's also got uh, electrical, uh, thermal, and mechanical properties. So it's something to where they could actually run a current through it. So this is one of those things that uh, that's come out here. They say it's cost effective, but I, I don't know where exactly that is and you know you have so many cool inventions that come out like this that just don't ever get applied because they're you know it just costs too damn much to to manufacture it right nobody's going to make the thing if they're not going to make any money off of it you know i think the most surprising thing about that entire story is that i didn't even know there was like research going on in sydney to be honest i had no idea they even yeah, fucking but, had schools out there but besides researching like kangaroos and shit exactly no i mean that's it is pretty i mean there's so many there's so many cool fucking things coming out like have you heard of uh jesus christ what the hell is like have you seen like those um the headset that you put on but like there's like a probe that comes out like it's like the old school headphones that you're like you know that had that connector right so that on the connector you put it on the back of your neck like that touches your spinal cord and they're actually like video game like modules i guess you can say like, like prototypes that like you there there are exercises to where you send certain brain impulses and they'll have courses on on this like video game that like you think move the box and the box moves you don't say anything you think it and it moves left to right up and down and they're trying to put that stuff on like um on like astronaut uh on, on astronaut uh, what the fuck are they spacecraft so because like there, right. it's intricate movement out out there that you you know can't do in a, a 400 pound suit very easily so i mean that shit's just amazing there's so many cool things yeah. out there dude it look is. at look at the fucking iphone i mean this thing is is the most amazing piece of technology like if i were to ask you 10 years ago if I were to show you one of these and said this is coming in ten years, what the fuck would you have said? At two thousand, at year two thousand, we thought the world was going to end because a zero was going to fuck every computer over. Yeah, ignorant people thought that, but I, 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 I get what you're saying there. The, uh, you know, just the fact that uh, I mean, look what we're doing this over the the Skype, being able to do that over your phone and being able to video. Yeah, that was one of those future technologies that you still don't even really see implemented in like home telephones because you know all the technology has gone into the cell phone so now you can carry around something to where you can you know video conference with you know anybody else that's got this you know an iphone or 
a smartphone that's capable of doing that. Right. Um, you know, just over Skype, it's pretty impressive. And what do I do with it? I play fucking Pac-Man. That's what I do. I play Pac-Man and I watch porn. That's uh, that's that's basically my entire life, man. <laughs> Pac-Man and porn. <laughs> it's just so sad. Like this technology is so amazing. It just makes it easier to play Pac-Man. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I do is. I have actually condensed the two, and I, pl- I just play Mrs. Pac-Man, and it takes care of everything. That's a good point. I didn't even think about it. You know, I was listening to a fuck. you know who Dave Navarro is? Do you remember the uh, the guitar player yeah, from like, James yeah, Addiction and Red Child Hot Chili Peppers? He was talking about um, masturbating on, uh, on a show that I was watching him, and he's like, yeah, I, I never do that. And the guy's like, what do you mean you never do that? All guys do that. He's like, well, he's like, you know, I always, I always say it like this. If I'm hungry... I'm not gonna watch a DVD on somebody eating a burger. I was like, "Wow, that is like the only that is literally the last rock star that's out there." He's just like, "He does." There's it's it's just fucking not good enough. He can just go bang any chick that he wants whenever he wants to. Yeah, yeah, that's nice to have that uh, the ability to do that and the fame and the money and yeah, being a rock star is the shit. I mean, but he's the last one, though. I mean, it's not the fucking 80s anymore. Not even the 90s. I mean, like, he literally, I would say, is the last living, breathing rock star out there. I mean, everything is so niche now. And everyone's so fucking whiny in the bands. You know, it's just, he's literally, like, the last, like, big guy to, you know, have that type of persona. What the fuck I are we talking about? There's a, there, I'm I sorry. Don't what the know, fuck, you... dude, we need to talk about some goddamn fighting, dude. This is what the fans want to hear. They don't want to hear this shit. Me talk about technology and Dave Navarro <laughs> not beating off. Yeah, we, we, we do. Let, let's, let, let's get to a break here. Um, give us a couple minutes. Um, sit back. Buy whatever swag we're trying to, to throw your way. Um, and we'll, uh, uh, we'll hit you with some MMA stories. Um, our uh, world-renowned head-to-head and the, uh, the big UFC uh, uh, breakdown uh, of UFC 129 in Toronto, Canada. Uh, just after this. Whether you yearn to eliminate unsightly debris from those hard-to-reach spaces between your teeth, or you crave a splash of bacon zest to spice up a boring oral hygiene routine, these bacon-flavored toothpicks are for you. Arm yourself with invigorating pig freshness and the confidence that you can take on the world. The next time you pick out, you'll be glad you have these flavorful slender sticks of wood by your side. Bacon-flavored toothpicks. Put them in your mouth. This is not real product. We do not attempt to buy us at home. MMA in the Cage and its associates are currently looking for sponsorship. We'd be more than happy to put your awesome product in this space. If you have any questions, please contact us at MMA in the Cage at gmail.com. You're listening to Esteban McCarthy and Ryan Jenkins on MMA in the Cage. Okay, let's fucking just start. Uh, let's just start this back up. And we're back. Hold on. I want to fucking just finish this conversation on air so they get to hear our retarded bullshit back and forth so yeah so it did you ever like napoleon dynamite because i fucking hated that movie i really did fucking hate that movie i seriously just watched the i watched the movie with um my two siblings who were very entertained by it i literally did not even crack a smile the entire movie it was so bad and i wanted to um because it was such a big fucking thing yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody was thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. I just, I, I didn't get it. I, I literally like two parts of that entire funny. movie. When they say the fucking liger, 
I thought that was I thought that was great. And then when he breaks out into that dance, and that was, and that was it. That was the entire fucking movie. That like that was the only thing I can handle. I mean, like I that's that same summer, um, Harold and Kumar came out, and I was like, this is the movie of the summer. But everyone, all the fucking the all the all the laughs like went away from that, went over to Napoleon Dynamite. And for the next like two years, we we're you know saving Pedro or whatever the hell his name was, or. Or voting him for president, or yeah, uh, vote vote for Pedro. Jesus, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Ryan, let's talk yeah. some goddamn MMA because they're fucking demanding it. What do we got, man? Let's hear it. Well, just just because uh, he kind of looks like him, um, we had a, a big fight announcement. We wondered what the fuck happened to him um, after that huge win against uh, Gerald Harris, and uh, had like issues with in Brazil, legal issues that have apparently been. Uh, uh, corrected, but we've got uh, uh, Mikel Falcao, Mikel Falcao, Falcao. and uh, Tom Lawler. Uh, they're going to be fighting in Brazil, uh, which should be a, another nice like. Just this should be a, just a brutal knockout, I think, for Falcao. Oh, absolutely! Lawler was on his way out of the UFC and has barely hung on just by just because he's been portraying you know Dan Severn in the past, you know, just dressing up like old, which is guy. awesome. Oh, absolutely! I fucking that was, love that. Mustache. That was awesome. But uh, you know, Miguel Falcao is on a like from from the fights that I've seen online and from the one fight he had in the UFC like he's going to get mauled and i think honestly like that's why they're putting him in in, in the brazil show because they want to you know they obviously want to have like a good fan base there but fuck man it is, that is just a a blatant mauling that's going to happen it's going to be disgusting and that's what that i want to see uh, yeah <laughs> well that's it you know he he's a very violent fighter crazy fast hands and uh, lawler just uh, you just don't the guy has no chance. He's just a lamb that's going to be slaughtered. Um, other fight announcements: we had uh, uh, Vitor Belfort uh, is going to be come, who's coming off that uh, crazy front kick uh, Steven Seagal um, loss. Um, he's going to be fighting Yoshihiri, Yoshihiro Akiyama in uh, in Philly. Uh, should be a good fight for Belfort. Looking at that, I think this is probably Akiyama's last fight in the UFC. You think? Jesus, man, I, 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 I am I am so surprised. Like Akiyama has gotten more leeway in losing and staying on a main card than any other fighter I've seen because he hasn't won one yet and he still gets to be on the main card. It's fucking amazing. He's so sexy. It's sexy, son of a bitch, dude. He can sing, he can dance, he can act. I mean, he's fucking triple threat. I mean, he can't fight. So he's, he's, a triple, he's a triple threat. He just can't fight. He can't fight in America. They should have actually booked him for the Brazil card. Get him <laughs> right. the fuck out of America. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, and also, I don't know if you read this. Belfort stricken with hepatitis A won't affect the UFC 133 fight with Akiyama. Did okay. you know that? Yeah, I, I read about that. Which is is that the that's is that a bad hepatitis? Every or is that the one that you get from like you know from like water fountains and shit. I think every hepatitis is a bad hepatitis. Uh, there's not put it this way. There's no. There's no good one. It's the inflammation of your fucking liver. So, um, you know, it's there, there's no good one. There's no. I mean, I will. Uh, I'm. I'm hoping knocking out pulls through though. Honestly, I just want to see him win one fight. That's it. Just one. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough fight. I mean, I know Belfort didn't look. He looked bad against uh, uh, Anderson Silva and just ate that filthy filthy kick but um he belfort ran through rich franklin um and he still he still got it and 
Uh, Aki almost just been dude that's just been standing and trading and not doing it successfully here in the UFC. Right. So, so um, and then also we had uh, Jason Mayhem Miller, and he's gonna actually just finally got signed with the UFC. Ryan, good move or bad move for the UFC and Dana White? I think it's a great move. Uh, you know, he's he's made a name for himself outside of just you know MMA with his bully beatdown show. So he's gonna bring in some of those fans. Which is pretty unusual for a fighter to, you know, create his own fan base and bring them in. So, that's that's something that we'll see. Um, you know, he's a he's he's a scrappy, tough, entertaining fighter. So, um, only yeah. man ever to choke out, or only ever man to ever choke, or not even choke out, but submit Sakuraba. Fun fact there. But uh, yeah, it'll be. It's, uh, you know, what I'm really wanting to see is that uh, him. Or on his on his show, him actually invite some of the UFC fighters onto it. I want to see some of the actually like good fighters go in there and beat the living shit out of some people. I want some innocent guys. Yeah, I've seen a couple of the shows, and they were just you know guys from like regional uh, promotions. There wasn't anybody that was actually famous that was I've a seen, fighter. Let's see, I've seen Jake Shields on there. Guess what he did? Okay, the entire team the entire time he couldn't didn't do fucking shit in the striking round, but he did pretty well in the grappling. I've seen he actually uh, got knocked out striking round. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I saw um, oh Jesus Arlovsky once. He actually did really well. And oh, then, speaking of somebody that's, that's getting knocked out in the striking round. Yeah, no shit. And then uh, I mean he's, he's and actually Mayhem actually fought one time and he fucking owned. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's that's I, I saw him. Yeah, he 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 worked that dude over. I saw. So. I was see, I see who else? Gumby. Um, Okay. But yeah, Gumby's pretty good. And then, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, got, it's got some decent ones in there. It's just basically whoever's his friend who wants to make a couple extra bucks. They got John McCarthy there, too, so I mean, it's, there you go. And then also, last but not least, we had Mr. Sugar Rashad Evans not fighting for the title yet again for um, going against, what's who, who's he going against? Phil Davis. Sweet poetic justice. <laughs> for being a big pussy. Just you know, you get you get a guy that just hangs out and just keeps on hanging out, waiting for that that title shot, and then gets it taken away from him. Then oh, now he's got it, and then it gets taken away from him again. Now he's got to fight Phil Davis, which you know for Rashad, this isn't a bad thing because I re- you know at this point nobody wants to fight John Jones, and that was not a fight Rashad. I, you know I didn't really give him much of a chance in that fight. I think Rashad ends up uh, beating Phil Davis. Uh, Phil Davis really struggled uh, getting little nog down to the ground. I think he's going to have, if he's going to try and work over Rashad and if he's going to win the fight, I think that's going to be, you know, his strategy, try and get Rashad to the ground and, and try and ground and pound him. He's going to have a really difficult time uh, trying to get Rashad down. Rashad's got a lot better stand-up than what Phil Davis does, so... A lot um, better stand-up, you know, but, like, you say you say that, but, like, who the fuck has he, like, I mean, wow, he knocked out Chuck Liddell when he had a glass chin, and then who who was the guy that he knocked, like, Imes or something like that uh, forever forever ago? I mean, that's it. That like, was it. No, no, he, he knocked out, uh, he had kicked Sean Salmon, too. Sean Salmon, that's who it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, but that's it. I mean, like, this is honestly, I foresee it being a really boring fight, because... Uh, you know, he's since he lost, he has not wanted to stand up whatsoever, and he's just going to fucking try to take Davis down, and they're just it's just going to be a wrestling match. I, yeah, I don't think so. I think that you know that's just one of those those things they're going to end up uh, going back and forth, trying to you know kind of negating each other's wrestling, uh, trying to get one another down. Rashad's a lot quicker um, on the feet, 
and Phil Davis, he's got he's going to have the reach, and so he's going to be throwing out that uh, that leg kick um, and try and keep Rashad at bay. I think you're right; it's probably going to be a pretty boring fight. I think Rashad just outpoints him, uh, standing on the feet for most of the fight. Yeah, easy. I mean that that's really all it is it is to it. So the the one interesting thing that that uh, I thought came from it was. You know, literally just after the uh, the fight with Little Nog, and this quote <laughs> came from like last week. It was, you know, he had this quote of, "I really want to make some huge gains inside the gym before I step back in." This was a quote from Phil Davis. Like a week, a week ago. ago, like he said he wasn't going to fight till the end of the year, and then and now and I was like, man, you know, I was like, you know what? That's a really good idea. You actually, you know, took a step back. You reflected on your performance against Little Nog, and you're still young in your career here. You're doing the smart thing. You're actually going to try and make, you know, those improvements. And, you know, you get offered the money, and it's like, fuck it, I'm just going to take that fight. <laughs> Fucking sell out. Uh, no, it's fine. I mean, honestly, like, I think, you know, I thought that was a really good idea in his part. I was like, man, he's just going to put, like, a 1,000 rounds in the gym and just fucking kickboxing. He's going to come back. He's going to look great. But, yeah, I, uh, Rashad's definitely going to, you know, have the upper hand on him. By the way, so, you know, Rashad, he wasn't training at Jackson's anymore since the uh, since he, you know, he was new. He's going to fight uh, Jones. So, but But where is he training now? Do you know? No, I don't. I've I've read. I, I forget who the trainer's name is. I don't know where it's at though. Um, I don't know if it's still in New Mexico or not. I have no idea. But well, Ryan, do you want to get some head to head action going on, or do you want to talk a little more MMA before we do that? I think the the only other thing that uh, came out here um, here this past week was uh, Randy's decision to retire after the fight with Lyoto Machida. Now he said, I mean, we, we, are we assuming, cause like I read the couple, same articles I think as you, and I think we're assuming that's going to happen, but he didn't like come out and say it. Right. No, he's actually come out and said it. So oh, did he? This was, yep. Yeah. I saw an interview. I think it was with, I think it was inside MMA. Um, it was a horrible interview, but yeah, it was inside MMA because, uh, Tito was filling in for Boss Rutten, who's making a movie or something. And Tito is horrible behind the mic. Just he's just has a rough time. Um, the last time he but, was on uh, Inside MMA, he was talking. He was talking about Matt Hamill and how he's going to work the like his fight with Matt Hamill and how he's going to work the jab because deaf people have soft heads and him throws oh, their equilibrium off. Oh, was, that's brilliant! I forgot about that. Yes, that was <laughs> hilarious. It's fucking madness, anyways. Man. Yes, he was just spending the entire time just being way over complimentary to Randy and his career. And Randy was like, yeah, thanks, Tito. Thanks, Tito. Thanks, Tito. <laughs> and But, yeah, he came out and he, he said he's at this point, he's got the other movie deals that he's doing. He's uh, I've got Expendables 2 that he's going to be filming here uh, coming up shortly. And he just wants to focus on that at this point. I think uh, he's just got that. I think he's lost maybe the fire. Um, I think the the other big thing is just the fact that John Jones is champion now, and right. so what ends up happening if Randy beats Machida? Everybody's yes. going to be screaming for Randy to fight for the belt. Sure, and he knows he can't beat him. And I think Randy was thinking, hey, I could probably beat Machida. It by taking this fight, he could he sees himself being able to beat Machida, and I think that he he's you know, had this idea that he's been able to beat Shogun as well. Sure. And so with Shogun as champ, then it was like, hey, I've got this chance. And his style, I think, against Shogun could have actually been somewhat effective. I'd still definitely favor uh, Shogun, just like I did do with uh, Machida as well. But, um, you know, at this point, 
Kotor sees what's at the end of the road and he's just like, fuck it. I'm not messing with that and getting my ass handed to me by, you know, this 22 year old, 23 year old kid. So I was thinking, so, so let's, let's, let's go back over with a little bit of nostalgia. Um, what's your favorite Randy Kotor moment of all time, man? Uh, the right hand against ah, Tim Sylvia. I completely agree. First 10 <laughs> seconds of the fucking round. Bam. No one was able to touch Tim Sylvia up until that point. Yeah, that's definitely a uh, that's a moment that that I remember for sure in uh, in UFC. I know exactly where I was at, and uh, I remember my uh, reaction to it. I was just completely shocked. So, yeah, and was, that was it, that was it, that was his big comeback fight after uh, you know talking about going and fighting for affliction and and there was all that you know contract issue that they have, and I think you know he, he was suing the UFC. There was right. just a, a total fucking mess there. And, uh, yeah, the first fight back and, you know, first 10 seconds of the fight was just, just, uh, pretty fabulous. So that was probably it going back at it. Uh, other great moments, uh, his win over Tito was huge for him, uh, cause he just absolutely dominated Tito, um, and him like having Tito down and like smacking his ass. (laughs) Yeah. The right hand from Sylvia is my, my hands down favorite one. The Chuck Liddell fight too was pretty good, man. I mean, there wasn't too many times where, uh, you see Chuck O'Dell on his ass like that, but that was pretty good too. Absolutely. What about the uh, what about the fantastic one against Mark Coleman, huh? Yeah. Yeah, or the egg that he laid against uh, Nogueira. Yeah. Or just getting smashed on by Gorilla Man Brock Lesnar. Right. Or here, no, the the most memorable has got to be the fucking barn burner with uh, Brandon Vera. <laughs> It's, it's, we will we will remember the Randy of oh okay so which Randy is the best Randy then if if we're gonna like let's 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 just let's get a little uh couple the scenarios. old Randy or the the old Randy or the geriatric old Randy exactly right <laughs> Rand, Randy as the two twenty five uh let's say Randy at the Tim Sylvia fight or Randy at the uh, Chuck Liddell fight the first one I think, first I think it's Randy in the 2004 or 2005 2006 uh ufc heavyweight division i think that's where randy's the best at right i mean he was uh he used to be stacked too in just like one year i mean he just fucking dropped all that weight and like he just lost all that that puffiness of all that jackness he's had for the longest time and he just looked he's looked like a small 225 or a small 205 for a while yep that's his uh that's it's good weight for him. So, I, you know, he, he's just uh, – he's been a guy that's gone out there. He's, he performs. He game plans very well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what ends up happening if, you know, the retirement does, in fact, happen. I believe it probably will. And and then we can kind of look back and uh, kind of look at the scope of uh, Randy's career. Um, so what you're saying is it is way too prematurely. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. You popped, just, you, popped, you popped way too soon. So I, I hope you can at least kind of work it up a little bit here for head-to-head of UFC 129. Absolutely. Sound effects, please. All right, let's uh, let's start off. Yeah. Let's start off with uh, Jake Ellenberger versus Sean Pearson. Ryan. I like this fight. This is our uh, first fight on the spike prelims. Should be a great start to the night. I see Jake the Snake getting the finish. TKO in the third round. That's I, com- 
I completely agree, man. Jake Ellenberger is actually my payday pick of the week here, man. This is where I put all my money on. Jake Ellenberger is a damn good fighter. It's unfortunate he's on the prelim card, but Sean Pearson, they're fighting in Canada. That's the only reason why they're throwing him on there. He is not really all that good. His last fight with Riddle on the prelims was all right, but he gassed like, after the second round. So it's definitely going to be Jake Ellenberger in this one. And it's going to be like by it. UD. UD. Like it. Um, next we've got Nate... Diaz and Rory McDonald. Esteban, Jesus, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, the whole fucking Caesar camp is on this card. But you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not a Diaz fan too. Well, not at least D- this Diaz fan, but uh, I'm gonna have to pick him by UD just because I don't think that uh, McDonald is going to. Yeah, I mean, like McDonald's has got a lot of steam behind him. I think he's got like what is he like twelve and zero or twelve and one? Some. So I mean, he's got a really good ten and one. And he's yep. got a really good record behind him, and I think he's got a good future in the UFC. But I don't know, man. I just think Diaz will point him on this one, just with the experience. So I'm gonna say Diaz by UD. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna be going against my kind of my usual thought thought process on this one. You've got this guy that's coming off of his knee injury. He's been out for a long time, but he's training now at uh, TriStar Gym. Um, so I got to go with, uh, Rory young McDonald is going to have a breakout performance and win via TK TK. all right. Next we got Mark Bocek versus Ben Henderson. Ryan, your thoughts on this one, man. Uh, Benny boy got to go with the quads of, uh, Ben <laughs> Henderson. He, he's going to get the better exchange. I think on, uh, the feet, uh, he's got a good chin thanks to the quads um <laughs> he's got cra- crazy sub defense um as compared to uh mike mark i'm sorry mark uh fire crotch bocek um don't expect anything uh too spectacular i don't think in uh uh in this fight i think it's gonna finish uh with a ud for ben henderson esteban uh same thoughts man ben henderson is hands down the best submission uh, the guy who will never... He, he ain't tapping, man. Jesus didn't tap, and Ben Henderson's not tapping, okay? That's what he fucking says at the end of every fucking round. I, I just my, my only question, though, what we talk about later is, but is Ben Henderson ever going to be the guy who got... Or not going to be the guy who got kicked by the Showtime kick? So yeah, that's... I'm, def- I'm definitely going to have to go with this one, Ben Henderson by UD, because Mark Bocek, the only thing he's got to offer is submission, and that's not fucking happening here. All right, uh, next we got Randy, the natural couture, versus Lyoto, the dragon machita. Estevan, what's happening? Randy Couture, dude, uh, Captain America versus the dragon. Ryan, what more can you say? I'm going to have to go with uh, Lyoto Machida in the third round by TKO on this one. I think Randy Couture is going to come out with a good game plan in the first two rounds. I think he's going to be able to withstand not losing. But by the third round, Leota's going to be like, hey, I've lost fucking three times in a row now. i got to put my shit in the gear, and he's going to get a TKO. And it's going to be real easy with just one little jab. So it's going to be Leota TKO. Ryan? I can see that. Uh, uh, not intended as a slight in, in, in any manner at all between the two fighters. But these are probably two of the best decision fighters in the sport. Um, seeing that, I think we're going to see a pretty spectacularly violent finish. Um, Saturday night. Um, you know, Couture is known for having those great game plans, you know, pushing guys up against the fence and working them over. 
Um, I, I just don't think he's going to have an answer for uh, uh, the Dragons' athleticism, his foot movement, um, or his countering. Um, Randy's going to try and push the pace and put uh, Leoto against his back, and I think that's just going to uh, you know, further his demise. Uh, I think this is going to be first-round knockout for Machida. Wow. And then you wanted to comment on this one, Ryan, which I probably do too. Jason Brills versus Vladimir Matushenko. Ryan, your thoughts? Yawn. <laughs> two, the, we've got we got two wrestlers here that just like to grind their opponents. They're going to end up just negating each other's takedowns. And, you know, at this point, they're going to be forced then to have to showcase their world-class striking for all three rounds. Estevan, just wake me up after Buffer announces this as a technical draw, because just like me, these judges are going to fall asleep during the second round. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, I just think Vladimir—he's got like the slight edge in the wrestling department, and uh, you know, he's—that's all that you can say. Vladimir, UD. Next fight. Next fight, actually, we got the featherweight title, the first, Ryan, the first featherweight title defense in the UFC, the champ, Jose Aldo versus Mark Hominick. Your thoughts, Ryan? The UFC debut of the pound-for-pound baddest motherfucker in the world, Jose Aldo. Um, This is just, it's going to be a tough fight for Mark Hominick. Um, I've I've got this as my fight of the night. Um... Oh, fuck. I forgot to pick my... Uh, That's my, fine. Uh, That's fine. That's fine. Keep no, going. My, Not fine. I'll fucking go. Jose Aldo, as you said, pound for pound, best fucking fighter out there right now. He is He's just he's just disgusting right now. But the only thing that I'm worried about is he's coming off a really bad neck surgery, and he's been out for uh, a decent amount of time. But um, it's definitely going to be Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo in this one. I'm going to say by second round TKO. Now you can give your thoughts, Ryan. Jose Aldo's going to finish the fight. It's going to probably be in the second round. I would agree with that. I think the first round's going to be a good back-and-forth trade. Uh, Jose Aldo's going to end up on top, though. Absolutely. Uh, This followed by the uh, welterweight title. Um, Our champ, George Rush St. Pierre and uh, Jake Shields. Estevan, what's happening in the GSP fight? What do you think, Ryan? Uh, See... (laughs) GSP versus Jake Shields. For, in my opinion, when I first saw this, I said the biggest yawn, 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 yawn. But I thought about it a little bit more. Jake Shields' stand-up is so goddamn bad. I'm actually going to go I'm gonna go crazy left field on this one. I'm going to call GSP by TKO in the fourth round. Just because Jake Shields is it's horrible. He can't even he can't handle it. He can't handle it. So it's, I'm going GSP fourth round, TKO, Ryan. GSP is going to dictate where the fight goes, as he does in every single one of his fights. That is his biggest asset. And looking at GSP, Jake Shields, you've got a guy that's got a very good stand-up, and you've got a guy that is basically clueless standing up. Um, George is going to be able to keep the fight standing, which, you know, for Jake, it's going to make it for a real tough fight. Jake is a tough dude, though. He took some huge blows from uh, Dan Henderson. Um, you know, a couple of fights ago, he fought hard against uh, Martin Campman. Um, I think we're going to see GSP in his classic unanimous decision win. 
All right. And after this next break, Ryan, we're going to break down a little bit more, just UFC 129, and uh, maybe go over some fan questions. Maybe. Stick with us. Goddamn stick with us. (laughs) Hey, this is Ryan, inviting you to friend us on Facebook and check out our blog at MMAInTheCage.blogspot.com. And always, shoot us an email at MMAInTheCage at gmail.com, even if it is just to give us the finger. And welcome back to MMA in the Cage with Estevan McCarthy and Ryan Jenkins. Estevan, the undefeated McCarthy. Now you're undefeated? I thought I was always undefeated. No, you lost your last fight, dude. Who did I lose to? I don't fucking remember. You you just lost for being a bitch. Uh, I don't know about all that now, but uh, all right, Ryan, UFC 129, man. What um, what do you got on this one? Let's do. Do you got anything on the the Facebook card that you really want to talk about? You know, I'm kind of interested in the uh, how the trainer, the jujitsu trainer for the Hit Squad, is going to do. Right. Uh, the guy that was on uh, uh, Tough. Uh, what the hell is his name? The the one uh, that trained. Yeah, I was good. That, the one that trained with uh, Matt Hughes, right? Yeah, yeah, and the and John, yeah, I, I'm interested in that one too. And then the Jason McDonald Ryan Jensen fight should be good. But other than that, uh, you know, it's a whole bunch of. I mean, I I think I've seen Charlie Valencia fight one time, but I, I'm I'm I gotta be honest, I'm really not familiar with too many of the guys on the card. Yeah, that's it's uh, nothing too too crazy exciting um, in the the Facebook prelims. The however the the prelims on Spike I, I think are uh, uh, two pretty badass fights. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, just two tough guys in uh, Jake Ellenberger and uh, Sean Pearson. Um, we both uh, picked Ellenberger. You picked him to um, by UD. Is that correct? That is correct. And honestly, I'm putting all my money on him for the most part. Um, Jake Ellenberger is a fucking gamer. He's just a good goddamn fighter coming off that win off of uh, Doomsday Howard. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like Sean Pearson really doesn't, he doesn't offer anything. Like he, the only reason he's on the card is because he's a Canadian. That's it. I mean, like this is easy money. This is why he was my, 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 uh, payday pick of the week. So, um, I, yeah. I, go ahead. Yeah. Ellenberger, I think is just going to end up, uh, grinding him down. Um, I, I thought, I think he's actually going to end up getting the finish. So, um, I think it'll happen in either the second or third round. I don't think that's going to end up going to a, a decision he, he um, paid because Sean Pearson really didn't have too much of a tank after, uh, or going against uh riddle. In his last fight, so yeah, you, you might actually get that that one. The uh, uh, the fight that I thought that should have been up in the main card, besides instead of uh, Jason Brills and uh, Vladimir Matyshenko, is the Nate Diaz and Rory McDonald fight. Uh, that's a fight I would pay to see, and I don't like paying to see Jason Brills and uh, Matyshenko fight. You know, I was thinking um, the same thing, but I was thinking also that like, well, Spike TV is really put there to get more pay per view buys, and they usually put like those those kind of like young and up and comer guys that are really exciting still on this. So that that makes perfect sense. But I still don't yeah, understand t- why the tough fuck. I don't understand why the fuck Jason Brills and Vladimir Matyshenko is on this fucking card. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It was. I, I'm not sure how it happened, but uh, I think one one of the awesome um, young prospects in the UFC is Roy McDonald. Um, that uh, that fight with Carlos Condit, he could have ended up beating Carlos Condit if he could have lasted another, you know, ten seconds. I completely um, agree. And uh, that's saying something because uh, Condit's one of the top guys at welterweight in the world. Absolutely. Um, 
So, you know, that's something it should be pretty interesting. I, I, I think, uh, you know, Nate's just one of those guys that's just, you know, he's kind of an up and up and down. Uh, he doesn't have near the consistency um, of his brother, Nick. And, and it's hard not to compare the two because they fight very similarly. Um, I don't think Nate's chin is quite as good. I don't think he recuperates quite as well. Um, and his boxing's not nearly as good. Um, is it so possible I, I, that his ego is not as big and that's why he is not as good as his brother, Nick? I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe he doesn't uh, talk enough shit during, during before and after the fight in order to be a, uh, as good of a fighter as Nick. I think that that's definitely a possibility. I don't know. The, the shit talk definitely, uh, helps motivate those guys though. Um, so there may be a little bit of truth to that. He does still talk shit. Um, I don't know if it's quite as much as uh, Nick Nick is. Uh, they're equally as uh, well spoken as each other. So <laughs> the thing that bothers uh, me about Nate the most is that like not only is he as ugly as his brother, but he's got more acne than him. I mean, it's just it's just I can't look at the guy. That's why I just want to see him get. I just want to see the fight end already. But and then on the main card round, we have the first fight: Ben Henderson versus Mark Bocek. Uh, so just yeah. So to answer the question earlier, is Ben Henderson ever going to be the guy? That did not get kicked in the face, or that got kicked. That, is he never going to not be the guy that got kicked in the face by Anthony Pettis? No, he's always going to be that guy. He is going to be the on the receiving end of a highlight reel um, <laughs> shot. There's just there, there's you know there's no way around it. Everybody's going to remember Ben Henderson because of that, and that's a shame for him. But when something like it's as spectacular as the kick happens to you, you know you might as well just fucking embrace it. Like right. I'm the dude that got kicked. <laughs> like who's the like who's the dude that got uh I we we remember um in the Bellator fight like a couple years ago they got reverse triangle or that got like the standing triangle on him like the reverse yeah. standing triangle who the fuck was that guy I remember Amada Amada landed it right yes yes but um, I, no I can't I, I can't remember who got caught you're right that's why Ben Henderson needs to change his fighting name from smooth over to I'm the one that got kicked. <laughs> Mark, I'm the one that got kicked, Henderson. I, 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 <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, honestly, like, this is Ben Henderson's first fight in the UFC. Um, I really don't see much for him in the UFC. Uh, Mark Bocek, pretty one-dimensional fighter. And, uh, you know, Ben Henderson, like, he, he's a submission guy. And so, but you're not going to submit Ben Henderson. You know, he doesn't have anything yeah. really. I mean, like, he has a little bit in the stand-up game. But, like, there's a humongous, like, the, at the top level, especially in the lightweight division, they are going to fucking exploit the hell out of that gap and just annihilate him. So, it'll, yeah, uh, yeah it's going to happen. But um, then yeah, we got. I don't think this, it, I, I don't think this is going to be the greatest fight. But uh, this was actually my, my payday pick was that uh, the Ben Henderson fight. I, I really? think he's. Def, definitely going to work over uh, Bocek. Oh, so it's pretty good, man. And then uh, Randy Couture look, versus Leota Machida. Yeah, this is uh, you know we've talked about this fight before. I just there's not a lot of like good fights for Randy Couture, um, just because at this point he doesn't have a crazy good chin. It's not like he's ever had the best chin in the world, but um, he's just he's really going to struggle against against a guy that's just younger, more athletic. Um, moves a lot better than what Randy Couture is used to, you know, facing guys uh, moving. Um, and I think he's he's just gonna he's gonna get countered, and it's gonna be a quick knockout. Um, and and with the rumored injured back too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that that may you know be part of it. I, plus, 
you know, at this point, a guy that's already saying I'm going to retire one way or the other, you know, then you and you don't want to question a guy's heart, especially like Randy Couture. But is is he really that into it at this point? I, you know, I completely knows, think this he is. My is. Last fight. I completely think he is. I mean, like if if it's your last one, you have to say to your. I mean, especially he's a, he's an Olympic athlete. I mean. Guys like that, like they want to go, they want to go out on a on on a high note. You know, he wanted to go out on on uh, being the UFC champ, but you know, unfortunately, you know, a young man named John Jones is in his way. So, I mean, second best though. I mean, he's not going to be second best, but going out on a win and going out in a good fashion, to like you know, instead of being carted away in a stretcher, is is one is how he wants to go out. He wants to be his hand held at the end of the round, and and that's the way we're always going to remember him. That that would be nice, but. I don't know if it's going to happen, man. Yeah, see, I, you know, my thought is with Randy Couture and just him having confidence in this fight is he thinks, you know, hey, at least if I lose, then I'm going to end up losing a three-round decision because that's what Machida's known for. But Bullshit. Machida's also got – Machida's got real good hands. And, uh, I mean, look what he did to uh, Tiago Silva. I mean, he's he can finish you, um, especially when, uh, you know, when your hands are down. Um, and I, I just think Randy's going to be real aggressive – over overly aggressive trying to get uh, uh, Machida's back against the cage, and I think he's just going to get caught one of those times. God, it would have been so nice to just see him. He, he, you know, he he is the he is all that is MMA, and it would have been so nice to see him go out on James Tony, just fucking complete domination, just didn't even get scratched in the fight. It would have been so nice to see. Yeah, that, that would have been yeah, that would have been poetic. That justice. Was, yeah, that was, wasn't even a fight though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Just, just that was crazy. Um, the next fight. <laughs> do, you remember the, do you remember the hand waddle for the fucking tap out? He didn't even tap. He just fucking waddled his big paw. <laughs> I, I can't even remember that. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, anyways. That was a forgettable fight. Um, Jason so, Grills, Vladimir Matashenko. Do we even have to talk yeah, about that bullshit? Let, yeah, let's just uh, sweep the janitor underneath the, the rug and move <laughs> on to Jose <laughs> Aldo and uh, Mark Hominick. So you got your yeah. wits about think, you now? Do you think you can actually comment on this shit? <laughs> I think this is a good fight. This is my fight of the night right here. I I completely agree. You know, Jose Aldo. As I said before, the only reason I'm kind of worried is that like there was a bad neck surgery that he had. And I've known a couple of fighters that have not come back from it well. So, um, but uh, the most dominant guy in the WEC and the, in the featherweight division. I mean, the every you know he's got to have the Tyson effect by now. People are fucking scared of this man. I mean, he's got like no, a, well, he's got shit. he's got a fucking mark going across his face like he's been in in twelve gang fight, fights already. I mean, it, he's a scary looking dude. He's a scary fighter and like mark hominick honestly i don't even i don't even see him having an inkling of a chance yeah i mean it's it's just it's a really difficult fight it, jose aldo is going to kill everybody at featherweight um he's one of those guys that can definitely be you know the the two weight class champion and i'm okay actually with him uh bouncing up and down until they get enough guys from 155 that start dropping down to 145 because I really want to see Jose Aldo fight at 155 because there's so many good guys for him to fight some really tough wrestlers um, to see if they're able to, to get Jose Aldo down because at this point that's about the only chance I think really anybody's going to have a ch- uh, you know a, of a chance against him his stand-up is just far and away better than everybody else's he is a fucking beast standing up and hominick's good um and i think he's going to put up a pretty decent fight there's going to be some really good exchanges but uh especially those fucking leg kicks that he was throwing on uh uriah faber that was just fucking just atrocious um 
So, you know, that's going to be something. I, I love watching Jose Aldo fight. It's like watching Anderson Silva. It's just one of those things you get to see, you know, a guy that's just truly special, um, especially when it comes to the stand-up game. Right. Um, you know, MMA. I, I was going to say, you know, these next couple of years, you know, Dana White always talks about his 10-year plan for MMA. But these are going to – him and John Jones are going to be guy, the guys that are leading the way. You know, GSP, yeah, he's a recognizable name and people know him. But, like, he's the most boring fucking fighter in MMA. And, he, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good champ. But he's he, he's not fun to watch. Now Jose Aldo and John Jones, both young, both the most exciting fighters in the game, and they, these guys are going to carry the UFC to the next level. Jose Aldo, I'm predicting right now, is going to be the featherweight title holder for at least the next, like as far as I can see right now, because in you're the right. foreseeable future, exactly. Yeah. Because you just- you're right, there there is no one at the featherweight division right now that can even come close to him. And then I, I would be really cool. I would be really cool to see him go up to lightweight or some of those guys go down. Because I, you're right, there are a fun, like really good wrestlers at, at both way, or at that weight division and it would pose some good interesting uh, matchups for him so i'd like to see that a lot oh no, no doubt um but uh it, you mentioned it before here uh, G, uh gsp being the boring fighter uh you picked him for the finish which i was uh pretty surprised I, about. Most you, you usually really dog you really dog on uh, gsp uh for being a boring fighter i don't think it's gonna be a horribly boring fight i think if it ended up on the ground if it ended up on on the ground with uh, GSP on top and uh, Shields fighting for submissions, I think that would be a pretty interesting fight because Jake Shields has just got crazy crazy submissions and uh, and GSP's you know solid on the ground as well. He's got really good top control, um, but uh, you know it'd be, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. A little bit of jujitsu match so, there. So, absolutely, I was gonna say this is this is a scary thing about this match. Okay, see, only you and I, or in a, in a couple of the hardcore guys, really like. If it goes to the ground, I think we're gonna be able to appreciate that because you're right. Both people, for a change, actually have you know grappling abilities. Now, people have been saying Jake Shields right now is the best is better grappler than GSP. He's got a wrestling pedigree and he's got a great jiu-jitsu pedigree. And honestly, any guy he's come against right now, he's fucking owned on the ground. And he and, and the difference between Jake Shields and a lot of the other grapplers in the division is Jake Shields' ability to pass guard and to go for submissions. He always gets the back and he always gets them. I mean, even though he's kind of like I wouldn't call Jake Shields necessarily a boring fighter because he he has the ability to pass the guard, which a lot of guys at the division don't. A lot of the wrestlers like to stay in the guard and like to wail and only if a submission comes up is when they're going to go for it now this is the scary part that like so that's that's the argument that i've heard so far you know jake shields is the proven better grappler now when was the last time we saw george st pierre on his back and that's the scary thing because not we haven't seen it since what the fucking uh who the the the, the throwing guy the the fucking judo guy from parisian Right, I think maybe okay. Fitch, maybe Fitch got him down for like two seconds, and that was it. But he, but before he used to have a pretty decent guard and a pretty decent ground game. You don't, you don't think he's been working on it for the last four years? I mean, I am, I am interested in this fight just for that fact because I want to see where GSP's, on, you know, off of where he fights off of his back now. I mean, I, I think, I think it will, I think it won't be a, a boring fight at all. I mean, it has the, it has the ability to be a pretty decent one. But in saying that, GSP, if he can if he can ward off the uh, 
off the takedown, which obviously that's all Jake Shields is going to be going for the entire the entire match. I mean, he's going to make it a stand-up fight, and honestly, you know, Jake Shields' stand-up is so goddamn pathetic. It's it's I actually see GSP possibly, you know, after four or five rounds, getting a TKO just just by yeah. just, just by sheer like him just beating on him. Well, yeah, and the big thing to take from it is Jake Shields. He's got a, he's got a good, good chin. He can take a punch. Um, the thing is, you know, with the fight with like uh, Dan Henderson, all that damage was just done in one round. Right. And he was able to recuperate from it. And then Dan Henderson, after the first round, really drops off. You get him past the second round, and he, he's got no gas tank. GSP, however, is a guy that's going to put it on you for all five rounds. He fights championship fights. That's what GSP's been doing for the past five years. He is always in that kind of shape. And so is Jake Shields. So the cardio level of the two is going to be um, pretty similar. You mentioned uh, Jake Shields as far as being able to pass guard and you know how accomplished of a grappler he is. The dude is the fucking snake on the ground. Um, he'll find a way. He'll find his way to your back. Um, and it's crazy kind of how he's able to get there. Um, he laid on some really just sick submission attempts on uh, on Mayhem Miller that I was just shocked that uh, Mayhem was able to to fight out of. Uh, some of the Kimuras, um and and some of the chokes that he had on him, uh, very impressive. Yeah, I mean, the he big gets statement. Every... Oh, I'm sorry. The 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 big statement here um, in this fight for GSP, his legacy, his career, is this is going to be the final guy that he's fought. Um, that's been just been the the guy that's vastly superior in one single facet of MMA. So he's beat the the better strikers in the past. He's beat the better technical wrestlers in uh, Josh Kostick and John Fitch. And now he's about to fight a guy that is a much superior um, submission grappler, effective submission grappler. Um, this is this is pretty uh, pretty impressive if he's able to to take out uh, Jake Shields, especially if he's able to get the finish. You know, at this point, I mean, is there really anybody else that that poses any sort of threat for GSP um, at welterweight? Does he just? I mean, at this point, you just automatically want to move him up. You want to have the super fight, get him f- fighting somebody else, somebody different. I could. I was just about to say that. You know, like that's 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 the next step. You know, besides the super fight, he has to go up and wait. I mean, there is no one else at that weight class that poses a significant threat. I mean, like the only guy that I really see was John Fit. I mean, John Fitch, and that's just because I think I I like John Fitch, and you know, he is a damn good grappler. But I mean, he, he's not going to be GSP. So you know, Fitch got owned. Fitch, Fitch got, got owned. Owned it. Absolutely. So I, you know, I definitely think that uh, this is GSP. I, I hope honestly that this is his last fight at welterweight before he starts, you know, eventually getting his ass kicked at middle by you know some young up and cover five years from now, and then he drops back down and he becomes a champ again and all this other shit that I can't fucking predict right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I think he needs to move up to 185 because there's no dominant force at 185 right now. You know, Anderson Silva is a, is on his way out just because you know the age and everything. I'd like to see the super fight, but I think GSP. You know, he, he, he could do well at 185. So. Yeah, absolutely. And Ryan, uh, do you uh, do you want to go ahead and read off our, our first ever um, piece of fan mail? Do you want to go ahead and do that? Um, it's a piece of fan mail that we got? Was it a piece of fa- I think we, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, he mailed it to my address. And then I mailed it to your address. So do you want to read it for us? <laughs> um, 
No, I don't have anything in front of me. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, well then, anyways, so I think that's... Uh... <laughs> what, no, what, what I, what I want to do here real quick is, though, uh, uh, throw everyone to uh, the blog site or Facebook. We've got a pull up here for this week. It's this week's uh, MMA in the Cage poll. Um, it concerns UFC 130, and um, it is, does Quentin Rampage Jackson have enough power in his hands to hit Matt Hamill so hard that he's able to hear again. I'm interested in hearing some of your thoughts. I mean, I, I um, am. It's a yes, no. And, uh, um, I don't know. This is the most ridiculous fucking question I've ever been asked before. All right. So those are, those are your choices. An extremely offensive. I can't answer <laughs> <laughs> for fear. I'll be put on the grid, but, uh, <laughs> But on that fucking pathetic note, um, you guys hit us up on Facebook. Uh, send us uh, – I think it's uh, on Facebook. We are MMA in the Cage, uh, all one word. And then, uh, yeah, friend us. Talk some shit. Send us an uh, email at gmail.com. It's MMA in the Cage at gmail.com. We got that fucking name on the lockdown, Ryan. So no one's getting that shit, and we want to hear from you all. So hit us up, guys. We will see you here next week. Adios. If you guys have any questions about MMA, relationship advice, life, or just some bullshit you want to ask me and Ryan, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, or send us an email at MMAInTheCage at gmail.com.